Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Kelsey, the former owner of Align Wellness Yay. on the podcast, and we're so excited for this conversation. Um, thank you for listening in. And if you haven't, um, please download and subscribe and like and share. We really appreciate it. But welcome, Kelsey. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Never. Never. And you know what? That's not true. I've been on one. Yeah, I was but like, it was I like you. over Zoom. Mm. Oh. Was it was that? that one guy. I remember you posting it about it a while back, and it was yeah like about health and wellness and maybe like business growth and stuff like that. Yeah, he w- he's a coach out of Houston, mm-hmm. and he started a podcast just essentially about health. Yeah. So I was on that probably three years ago. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. How was it doing it over Zoom? Was it like better or worse? I think it seemed less intimidating because I didn't have like all of the equipment. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, oh, this is official. official. Yeah, you guys are legit. No, okay. thank you. Well, Don't fake it till you make yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to have you on today because I feel like you have such a a good like lifeline of what it truly means to just like empower who you are and trust yourself, like. I know that you quit school and then you started your business and I kind of want to just have like a a good timeline from starting. I know that we both trained and we're training with a coach and like starting from that and how you developed into business and how you developed to where you are now. Yeah. Okay. So the journey kind of started in 2015 because I started getting really into bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I played volleyball growing up and my senior year I stopped playing club volleyball but I really really missed like that competitive kind of edge where you feel like mm-hmm. you're working towards something so I started going to the defined over here on Wantabo um, and I started like doing some group classes and you probably remember Daniel mm-hmm. was I think it was like a booty boot camp on Wednesday yeah. nights <laughs> and um So I started going to that and he approached me and was like, hey, have you ever thought about competing? And I was like, what is that? And he showed me some photos of these girls in like sparkly bikinis Mm -hmm. (laughs) on stage. And I was like, huh, I'm really intrigued. I'm really interested. So he had me come to a posing seminar one night and I was just really like intrigued by the girls and kind of what went into the process of watching your body change. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys have both done it. So you guys know how much effort it takes Mm -hmm. and so um that kind of that kind of got me into my fitness journey overall and then fast forward to 2018 and four shows later I really developed a terrible relationship with food from competing as both of you guys are probably on the same page as me yeah uh when you're on such a restrictive diet for so long and then you have access to all of this food that you didn't eat your brain just kind of like goes into, oh my gosh, I want it all. So I struggled off and on with a poor relationship with food from, I would say, 2015 to 2018. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, I really started just kind of wanting to understand a little bit more about a different way to be healthy. I'm like, this can't be sustainable. It can't be healthy. And this can't be all that health is. It can't be It can't be what I have to do to maintain a body that I'm happy with and feel good about myself. And so I started doing a lot of my own research. I got my personal training cert uh, through ISSA, which was like a nutrition personal training combo. And then I actually switched majors at the time I was going to school for pharmacy. And I decided to transition to nutrition and dietetics at that time. Yeah. 
And then uh, 2018, I was working as a personal trainer at a gym and I had the opportunity to kind of dabble a little bit in both, dabble with online, dabble with in-person personal training. And one day I just decided to dive all in. <laughs> okay, let's like full let's send. do this. Yeah, let's full send. And I saw this guy promoting himself on Facebook as uh, he was a coach that taught coaches how to go from zero to six figures in three months. Mm-hmm. And so I saw his ad, I clicked on it. The next day I had a call with him and I was like, okay, I have $2,000 in my savings. Like it's for sure not going to be more than $2,000. So like I had this discovery call with him and at the very end, he's like, okay, it's going to be five grand. (laughs) Or I think he was like, it's going to be 10 grand, but if you pay in full, I'll give it to you for five. So I was like, shit, am I allowed to cuss on here? Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. So I was like, shit, (laughs) I'm like on the phone, like, fuck, like, I don't have five grand in my savings. I literally, I'm not kidding you guys. I three-way call my dad and I'm like, dad, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm online or I'm on the other line with this coach. I have $2,000 in my savings. I need $3,000 more. I will come up with an exact payment plan to pay you back. And I will pay you back within the first three months. I was just like, I just felt confident. Yeah. And bless his heart. He was like, okay, like, let's do it. He loves supportive parents. I know. And, um, and I did it. I was able to triple my investment in the first three months and the rest was history. And that's how I actually got into the business world. Yeah. How did it feel to like make that leap? Cause I know you, you didn't finish college. Did you, did you finish your degree? Okay. How was that final leap? So I, at the times was still going to school. Mm -hmm. So I had started my online business, invested in that coach for about $5,000, kind of started learning everything that had to do with sales and marketing and developing some structure behind the business. And I did that for, I would say about six to eight months. And I found myself like being all in on school, but all in on the business. And it just wasn't working. I was giving 50% of my energy to each one. Mm -hmm. And so in, at the beginning of, it has to be at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I just told my parents, like, I'm, I'm not going to school anymore. I'm going to drop out. And my parents had a really hard time with it, especially my mom. But I just knew in my soul, like, this is what I have to do in order to move forward within the business part. Yeah. And I feel like that intuition, like we always talk about that gut feeling is always right, even though it's so scary. Like you always know, you know, when things are wrong because it's, it's constantly at the, in your brain and you constantly think about it. So that's when you know things are either wrong or right when you're constantly like fixating on that certain thing. Yes. Yes. And I think we have that superpower as women we're really tapped into like those feelings. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us don't listen to those things. And then hindsight's always twenty twenty. We look back on it and we're like, I knew it. Yeah. Should have listened. Should have listened to myself. I know. Yeah. Well, that's like how I felt when you um, asked me to, you know, take over a line and stuff. So for people who don't know and who are maybe new to like the podcast and stuff, I, I don't even know if you know this, but like I was working as a clinical research coordinator in Presbyterian and I just was not, I did not like my job. Um, I didn't like working for pharmaceuticals and I just, I really did not like my schedule. I worked like 
noon to 10 p.m., sometimes 1 a.m. And it was like, I just, it was hard because I was also coaching CrossFit at the time. So like I'd coach the 8 a.m. class, work out with the 8 a.m. class or afterwards, and then go home, get ready for work, and then be at work until nighttime and then go to bed. Like that was my life. And I really didn't like it. And I remember seeing, like, because I was following you, and I remember you posting that, like, you were looking for a part-time nutrition coach, and kind of similar thing, like, I started actually in school for nutrition dietetics with you, and I'm, like, got into the college, I think I was two years into it, mm-hmm. when I just was like, you know what, I'm having a really hard time with my relationship with food, status post bodybuilding comps, and I was like, I don't feel like being around food and all my thought process being on food mm-hmm. is helpful, so I left nutrition, went into public health. And um, got my degree in public health, which led me into clinical research and stuff. And I remember just thinking, like, well, I really like nutrition. Like, I love when, you know, I'm coaching women in CrossFit. Like, I really like the coaching aspect. So I was like, you know what, maybe I should apply for this. I was like, but, and then I, honestly, I sat on it for, like, three days, Kelsey. (laughs) Because I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't, you know, I was only in nutrition for X amount of time. Like, I only really know what works for me. Like, I, you know, I don't know. This is weird. Like, what if, what if she says no? Or I don't even know. Like, I was like, it was just weird. And I was like, I don't think I, it's just, I don't know. I was intimidated for some reason to like do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just because like I had like finally this big girl job with my degree was like the best income that I was having mm-hmm. ever in my life that I was like, well, this is kind of scary. Cause like, what if I don't like working from home or like, what if, you know, I mean, the type of business that we're in and even with real estate now with, with what you've transitioned into, like, your success is all on you and your failure is all on you. (laughs) And that's scary. And then finally I was like bored at work one day and I was still thinking about it and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna apply. What's the worst that can happen? She says no, like Mm -hmm. whatever, I'll stick with my job or find something else. So I applied and then honestly you had a really, I mean this in the best way possible, you had a really rigorous application process. Mm -hmm. Like it was more than I thought it would be for like a part-time nutrition coaching. Like you had me do case studies, you had me do like um, a group Zoom call, which was so intimidating. I remember. It was so intimidating because like all these women there, they're like, oh, I've been coaching for X amount of time and I've been doing this. And I'm just like, hi. <laughs> I have a clinical researcher. I've coached CrossFit. That's about it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really intimidating. But then after that, after the group call, I think we had like a one-on-one call mm-hmm. or a two-on-one because it was you and Danielle and stuff. And yeah, it was just, and then ended up getting it and loved it. And it was really great because Garrett was super supportive from the start. I actually didn't tell him until after I applied. Like, I should have been like, hey, I'm thinking about applying. But I was just like, I don't know. I'm kind of that person where if I apply for something, I don't want to tell people in case I fail and no one knows except for me. And then I just have to deal with it. <laughs> so I didn't tell him that I was thinking about applying for it. But at this point, I think we were pretty deep into that job and he knew how unhappy it made me. Like every time I'd go to work, I'd start feeling sick Mm -hmm. and I'd have a lot of like headaches and just, I just really didn't like what I was doing. And he knew that. And he was very like, well, just quit your job. And I'm like, I can't just quit my job. Are you kidding me? Like I need something. He's like, it's fine. I'll just pick up extra shifts until you find something. I'm like, stop being so supportive that you're encouraging me to quit my job. (laughs) And so when I applied, he's like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Like, you know, whatever, we'll figure it out if you get it. And then I got it and I was supposed to do like part time. And then the other coach that you guys had, like just life changes happened for her. And so I ended up, she ended up leaving a line and then I ended up just taking like all of her clients. So I started full time instead of that part time. So I was able to just like 
fully leave my job, um, which was such a beautiful release. And, and then, yeah, fast forward, what, like three months, four months, five months? Yeah, because it was in July, around July, when we started. kind of had the conversation of, like, Nat, we're ready for you to come on full-time. I know this yeah. is, like, unexpected. And then... Um, and it was kind of around, I think, December was when we had the first conversation, or when I first came to you. So fast forward to December, and I came to Kelsey, and I was like, hey, can I have more responsibility in the business? Can I do more? Like, I want more out of this and she was like well I actually want to have a conversation with you but I wasn't sure how to bring it up and in my head I'm like oh fuck I'm fired (laughs) what did I do wrong and she's like well um I think first we discussed like you still being CEO and I being kind of like operator operator or whatever yeah Yeah. like a lot more creative freedom with like how the programs ran stuff like that and I was like yeah sure that sounds great you know um Granted, you know, when I approached you with, like, more responsibilities, that wasn't what I had in my mind. So, once again, it was kind of like, yeah, here, take this, take the baby, figure it out. Take the baby. And I was like, and kind of same thing, like, when when I first came on and you guys were kind of like, okay, just kidding, we're doing full-time, my gut was like, yes, you can do this. So, I was like, okay, sure, whatever, we'll figure it out. And then same thing with that, when you were like, you'll just be kind of operator, you know, and kind of same thing. I was like, okay, it's scary, but yeah, sure, whatever, my gut says yes. And then I think, like, one week after that conversation, you're like, nah, I need to fully be, like, in order to find this next stage of my life, I can't be half in, mm-hmm. half out, or, you know, tipping my toe in. So she's like, so how would you like to just own the business completely? And I was like, what? <laughs> and in my, honestly, in my head in that instant, I was like, whoa. But also, like, my gut was screaming, yeah, do it. Like, you know you love this. And so, honestly, if I wasn't, like, about to be married to Garrett, I would have just fully been like, yeah, sure. But, you know, because I was about to get married, I was like, I feel like this is something my partner should be informed in (laughs) before. Because it does impact him, too. Um, Granted, you know, of course, when I told him, he was like, yeah, like, go for it. Um, And I knew he'd be supportive, but, you know, wanted to have that conversation with him. And so, kind of the same thing. It was just, like, it's scary. But the gut was like, yeah, do it. And it's still scary. It is. (laughs) Every month and every week. But... It's so rewarding, too, not only because, you know, like I said, it's your success and your fails are on you, but this is something, like, you know, I get it when we've had those calls where you're like, yeah, you know, when I built my business, like, I put so much into it and to, like, see it grow and all that same thing, you know, like, it's so much, I I see so much of me and what I want to achieve in this program, and so that's why I'm, like, so passionate about it and Mm -hmm. really appreciate your support through it too like we still meet weekly and she still helps me figure out what I'm doing <laughs> every week on zoom and it's just been really great and so I encourage everybody that if your gut tells you to do something even if it's scary just do it mm-hmm. like even if you're scared of failing like who cares it's your life the only way you fail is if you don't try or if you give up on yourself and so like learn from it you know do yeah. it and if it goes great awesome still try and find ways to learn from it but if you do it and it doesn't go great okay try and find ways to learn from it and keep pushing forward like you can't there's something that Gabby and I and I know you also experienced too that like you want that instant success you mm-hmm. want that instant gratification like with our podcast like we want it you know instantly to be like the number one or you know and stuff like that and same thing with like coaching like I have all these goals that I want to hit with the business and I have to remind myself, like, this takes time. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And just to your point, like, anything, 
Okay, we live in this world where everyone gets to just, like, see your successes on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, she built a business. They are starting a podcast. They are doing whatever it is. We show the end result, and I don't think anyone really really realizes how much work it takes behind the scenes. And so, like, for instance, now you're seeing, like, some days you want to pull your freaking hair out. You're like, what am I doing? I, I don't know if I can do this. Like, so many times I thought to myself, I don't know how I can continue forward with this, but you, you keep doing it. And same thing with you, with what you're going through right now with clinicals, mm-hmm. driving all the way here after a 12 hour day, having two, two hour commutes, like people just see the podcast. They don't see all the work you're putting behind the scenes to actually make it work. Yes. Um, and I think that's just a message to your listeners too, is nothing is going to happen overnight and you have to put in the work and the time to get there, whether it be health whether it be your career whether it be a relationship whether it be friendships um even with your guys's relationship you guys have shared with me things that you guys have had to work on even mm-hmm. through the journey and that takes work as well so yeah and like you said it beautifully like we live in a world of instant gratification so it's like i want it instantly and it's like everything is on the tap of our finger and like Amazon Prime, we get it the next day, you know, and if it's not the next day shipping, then we don't want it, you know? So it's like, we're so accustomed to get everything at an instant. And it's like, we need to be more patient and realize that it's those little steps that will eventually get us to that breakthrough. Because a lot of people will give up on something that they are truly meant to do because they don't get that instant gratification. And it's like, you're going to have a breakthrough if you're on the, on the right path, you know, yeah, if you're going on the same path and you have a clear vision and good intention, then you're going to get to where you want to be. You know, it's the same thing of me being a physical therapist. Like, yes, I have guidance because I, I'm in school, but it's like all of those little study days and all of the work that I'm putting in now, it's like, I'm going to get to my end goal yes. because I'm continually, continuously putting effort into studying. I'm continuously putting effort into bettering myself and looking at other therapists and how they treat and how they eval and stuff like that. You know, like all those little things will lead to me being great one day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I, I've never, this is kind of off topic, but um, when I applied to a line, I don't think I ever told you this either. I applied to a line like, Um, but like I was in a very dark space in my life at that time and I think when I applied like when we did our interview like I was just like not confident in myself and something that you taught me through that interview is like to to be confident in myself I think we were talking about like compensation or something and like I was just like I don't know like whatever you can give me you know like I wasn't very confident in my abilities and like you're like no Gabby like you, I know what you have done and you're a credible source to like the health and fitness world, you know? And it's like, it's hard to give ourselves that recognition because we don't want to come off like we're being like boastful or we're like, oh, look at me. But it's like, be proud of yourself and give yourself that recognition because you give other people that recognition Mm -hmm. and you deserve it just as much, you know? You don't, it doesn't have to come off as you're you're being like, oh, I'm better or anything like that. It's like, no, I've done this and I've put in the work and I'm proud of it and I want to share it to serve other people. Yes, and I know my worth. Yeah, yeah. Your it, was the, it was the, our first round, the first round we were actually going to be hiring the coach. So it wasn't even in the round that you applied for. It was in oh, the very first the round. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell you this whole time. Gabby, <laughs> Gabby also applied. <laughs> 
If you heard that sound, we just hit heads. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do remember that because money is a hard topic to talk about, um, whether it be with people that you're giving a service to or people that you're paying or asking for money for. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I feel fun. like you do a really good job with that. Cause same thing, you know, I always feel like, and I don't know if it's just because all the jobs that I did leading up to like my clinical research one and then a line, it was all like minimum wage crap. Right. Like not even minimum wage. I remember like I worked in wound care and I got paid less than like McDonald's employees and Target employees. Oh. And I was just like, what the fuck? But, um, is that legal? Like, was it? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like we were one of the like worst paid techs in the hospital. And here I am, like, picking maggots out of people's toes. I'm like, what am I doing? I feel like you guys do the most, too. Like, when I did my rotation and wound care, like, you guys are actually in there. Yeah, like, we get to do everything. Like, we get to do casting. We get to take casts off. We get to clean wounds. Like, I mean, I I got to do other things that I technically wasn't qualified for, but I was trained on it. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It was crazy how little – and I literally would just have to remind myself, like, it works with my school schedule, and I get tuition reimbursement. That's why I'm here. It works with my school schedule. I get insurance. <laughs> it wasn't even for the pay. Like, I remember when I was told what it was, I was like, holy crap. Or even, like, when I was a medical scribe, I got paid so little. And the issue with that that I had is I think it's because the organization that hires, because you're, like, a contractor for the hospital, mm-hmm. the hospital doesn't hire you directly. And so the contractor that you work through I think they know that, you know, if you become a medical scribe, usually it's because you want to go into the medical field, you want to go into school of medicine. And so having letters of recommendations from doctors and having experience in different hospital fields puts you kind of above other people when you apply. I didn't want to go to medical school. I, the reason why I did it, I think is because like, I just wanted to have good letters of recommendation for like whatever I decided to do and Mm -hmm. I I have always been interested like in the medical field and it was just a better opportunity than the job that I was working at at the time and so same thing they pay you so little and I think it's because they know that in order to get into medical school you need that stupid job and so that makes sense yeah yeah it was so like all the jobs I've had have just been like really poor pay and so like I've gotten really good at knowing how to like be broke and live broke um but yeah like I remember when I applied with you too kind of that conversation of like what do you expect and I remember telling Garrett I was like I don't know what to put for this like (laughs) what do I say and he's like just something comparable what you're getting paid now and I was like okay yeah I can do that and then you know ever since and I feel like that's a skill that's really developed like working with you because you make it so like even when I worked for you you know you know and I was talking to you about like my expenses like that was something that we would kind of always cover on like our weekly calls when I was working for you is like you know how are you doing like financially what do you want to hit this goal or Mm -hmm. this month you know how are we going to get there like what do you want for and that just kind of helped me desensitize like the awkwardness of like talking finances and stuff and it instead it allowed us to create like a game plan of like okay I want to make this this month this is how we're going to do it or this is how we're going to try to do it and kind of reevaluate like did it work well if it did cool copy and paste if it didn't let's figure something else out and I feel like that's helped me navigate like with client calls now or you know sales calls and stuff like when say like clients do like want to talk finances or whatever they feel uncomfortable I feel like I have a little like Kelsey in my head that's (laughs) like just talk about it this way like do it this way (laughs) yeah and even your energy has changed like with talking about finances because I think 
you used to even be nervous bringing it up, talking about it, talking specifics. And I think sometimes it takes someone who is just like a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mature. Mature, more just graceful in that situation about Mm -hmm. money because money doesn't have to be, it Mm -hmm. can be a really graceful topic to cover. And even your energy has shifted from like, like if you have a question about money now, I I think we had a question about um, commission for one month and you just like ask it and it's not weird. I know. It's like, okay, great. I did write it down as a reminder to (laughs) myself to actually follow through on it and ask you it. She waits till the end. She's like, oh, I actually, I have Also, by the way, before we leave. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Text me what you want. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Well, talking about, um, like, a growth mindset, I feel like you're very good at that, and, like, you really work to develop those skills. Like, talk a little bit about how you developed a growth mindset and kind of your journey with that. Yeah, well, I think, first and foremost, it comes from failing a lot and messing up a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the difference between anyone with a growth mindset is we have people who are going to fail and play victim and sulk about it and be sad about it and blame other people. And then there's going to be someone who looks at a failure or a mistake and says, Hey, that was on me. I take ownership for that. Um, whether it be involved with your, if you're involved with someone else and you're taking ownership or just something that you messed up on, on your own end and saying, I'm taking responsibility for that. And really moving forward, and that's what I think it's all about, is there has to be a level of evaluating where things went wrong in every area of your life. And I'm by no means perfect. Like, I struggle sometimes to move in the right direction, but it's kind of like, sometimes it's not always linear. It's like with weight loss, sometimes you may lose 10 pounds, gain 12, lose 5, you know, but like, if you work to get it to a sustainable place, that's the goal. And so I think that's kind of always my main focus is how do I learn from this situation and journaling about it and processing it and not just having something happen and moving on. We really have to look at every single event because it shapes us and it helps us grow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's it's so easy to blame others and blame the situation that we were in rather than looking within and looking about, okay, what did I do? What was my part in it? Even it's always a double-sided story, you know, like it's kind of multifactorial in the sense that yes, maybe someone else did play a part in whatever situation it was, but you are also a part of that situation. So it's like, you have to take some accountability and like, where did I go wrong with this? And then that's where that growth happens you figure out what your certain flaw or where you went wrong and then you fix it, you know? And it's like those people that always get stuck is like they lack that ability to look within because they're always blaming others. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a dip, like there are the two types of mindset, the growth mindset and then the fixed mindset. And I feel like, you know, kind of touching back on what we talked about earlier, because everything is so readily accessible. I feel like a lot of our generation is moving into a fixed mindset where, you know, everybody else or everything else is to blame. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, I don't even think like we need to use blame in a negative way either. You know, I think if you can learn to objectively look at what went well and what went wrong and give yourself that ability to learn from it, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to like be like, oh, well I messed up. So I'm an idiot. Like you don't have to be negative to yourself about it. Instead be like, okay, I messed up. What did I do leading up to messing up? 
um, you know, why did I mess up? Was it something like that I acted out of emotions? Was it, you know, what caused it? There's always like a root factor as to why we respond a certain way that we do. And so taking that time to be compassionate towards yourself, but also be curious of like, okay, why did I do this? Why was this the outcome? Okay, how can I change it so that next time it doesn't happen? Or even just like, I feel like it's so, I feel like it's really easy to take ownership for what we do wrong compared to what we do well, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like also on the same concept, you know, take time to acknowledge what you did well, you know, like, did you, you know, communicate better with your boss about finances? Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a huge win. What did you do that led up to that to like instill that confidence or to have that conversation, you know, so that once again, you're bringing awareness to your actions and your habits so that you can repeat it or change it if needed. And you know, that's kind of how you get into a growth mindset and you can get so much more sustainable progress in whatever field it is that you want it in if you do have that growth mindset opposed to a fixed mindset of like, oh, well, nothing's ever going to change and I'm, like how you said, I'm the victim and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're only you're only a victim to an extent, you know, if you place yourself there, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and or, or if you allow yourself to stay there, I should say, more yes. so. Yeah. And it's such a simple skill. Like it's, Like you said, you mentioned you journal a lot, and that's like a great way to objectively look about, okay, what am I doing well? What am I doing wrong? Because a lot of times we, like I said, we just don't like to look within. And whenever we start to journal and we have it written down on a page, it's easier to objectively look at something that's written down and then reassess from there. And it's something that you can apply to anything. It's not even just self-growth but like you said communication with someone else communication within a job or within your relationship you know so it's it's something that's transferable into other aspects of your life yes 100 percent. and i think on that topic this this goes for everyone whether you have a business whether you are whatever it is it's not just for people in a business but i think it's so important to realize that you are the leader of your own life and you are in charge of how your life is going to end up whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a business owner you can still collectively within yourself have values for yourself and set goals and evaluate every week how things how things go i mean i even thought to myself if i was a sing- if i was a stay-at-home mom i'd have the best system for cleaning for laundry for um, dishes, you know what I mean? Because you can, like, every single person has value and every single person can create a level of, like, growth within their realm of things. And mm-hmm. I just think not everyone sees that value within themselves on where they are when everyone can take from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, so talking more about your leap to allow Natalie to own the business, how was mm-hmm. that journey and, like, what was... What was that final decision that kind of happened in your life to allow you to make that decision? Yeah, well, much like what Nat was saying, a lot of it, and I have had countless people ask me this, like, what made you, what made you transition the business to Natalie? You know, do you miss it? Like, what kind of, where was your head at? (laughs) Do you regret it? (laughs) And my answer is always no, I don't regret it. It was one of those unexplainable feelings where you just know something is right and I think at least this is what I've heard every seven years we go through really big transitions and what was really interesting is I was coming up on my seventh year of like the fitness journey owning the business 
Um, I was going through a lot of life changes just in general with my relationship. I had gone through some really big moves from houses, states, all the things. Um, and then I was having these thoughts about like the transition with the business and somewhere in February of had to be 2022 because you came on in 2022 right Mm -hmm. around July I think so January February of 2022 I just started feeling this massive shift that things were going to be changing in my life really fast and it was this unexplainable feeling that I didn't know how to put into words and weirdly enough I knew it had to do with two things my relationship and my career and I was kind of navigating both at the same time, which was definitely a big challenge because I was really trying to compartmentalize to ensure I wasn't like feeling a certain type of way about my relationship. So I was making these crazy decisions in the the business or vice versa. I'm going through this massive career change and I'm making a mistake to leave a relationship that no longer serves me. And so I think that was really hard just because I was going through both. Mm -hmm. But I also knew in my heart that something was something was telling me that it was time to move on to a new chapter in both of those situations. Um, And thankfully, everything just like was so flawless with the transition to now, just the way I knew she was the coach to bring on back in 2022. I like it's a giant, it really wasn't long. I mean, we're almost in 2024. You're true. You're right. You're right. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. (laughs) I know. But it just, it was just so effortlessly. And every time I've known that I'm making the right decision in my life, things fall into place. Like things just work out. Mm -hmm. Every time there's a lot of resistance or there's a lot of chaos or there's a lot of like confusion about a decision, I know I need to sit back and get more clear about it and say, I'm not ready to make this decision yet. I need to let things settle. With this specific instance, it was very clear. Things were falling into place. I had the conversation with Natalie. She took it very well. And she seemed really excited about it, which made me excited about it. So I think that's what it was. It was the fact that I trusted that gut instinct like we talked about. Um, I took action on it. And everything started to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. And it happened quick, too. Yeah. Like, I was just telling Nat a couple weeks ago, like, because her and I have gone through a lot together in the last year from her getting married, me getting divorced, me moving states, like multiple, well, cities multiple times, states multiple times, that I think her and I both kind of like put our head down and just like worked. And her and I have barely ever like took a second to just be like, hey, are you good? Are you? (laughs) Are you okay? Like it was just like business, business, business. Um, and then so I was telling that like with the transition of the bit me basically saying here's the business like figure it out <laughs> figure it baby. out <laughs> figure it out you know she's navigating still coaching clients now figuring out how to do taxes figuring out how to pay herself figuring out how to manage money how to save money because nothing is sure in this business um, on top of that she's planning a wedding she's you know planning honeymoons, planning all the things, going through like family drama, going through friend drama, all the things. And I was like, Nat, you killed it. Like you did it with such grace. And I would just, I could not be more proud of you. 
Mm, Me too. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I know it was a, a lot in the, and you had your moments, but you. <laughs> and we all have you. our moments. Yeah, everybody has their moments, but you just get through, and it's the people in your life that help push you and yes. guide you and just mm-hmm. give you that comfort to let you know that you can do it and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Thank God for those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really interesting with Kelsey because, like, we've only been in person together what this is like our third time right Honestly, like yeah. the one was at really? the gym for the grand opening you guys came to that <laughs> um a line came to a front lines grand opening um yes. and had a booth even though we had nothing to offer <laughs> well okay i shouldn't say like we had nothing to offer but like we didn't have any like products right there you go get. um so that was like my very first time well okay technically we've met each other four times because when I was doing my first bodybuilding show, you were helping a little bit, and you were yes, at the that's show, right. and that's I like right. kind of met you, and you're like, "Oh, I'm Kelsey. I've been helping with." Them. I'm like, "Oh, hey, I'm like spray tanned and sticky." Oh. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? At that time, you yeah. would have never known that you right? guys would be in this moment. That's literally like the only reason why I'd followed you back then, because like you were helping me with stuff, and I was like, "Boop." And then that's crazy, huh? And then yeah, we didn't really like stay in contact. We really had no reason to stay in contact. Um, and then so then the gym was the second time. Mm-hmm. My wedding was the third time. Yes. <laughs> I got an invite. And then this is our fourth time. Literally. But it's so crazy because, like, you and I, like, we see each other weekly. And we talk multiple times throughout the week. I mean, there were definitely times at the beginning and, like, the beginning when I was starting nutrition coaching. And then when I took over the business and stuff where we were meeting, like, multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, it's so interesting how, like, when you know that someone's meant to be in your life, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And there isn't that, like, awkward. Like, when I see you, I feel like I've known you for so long and yeah. there's like no weirdness but then when you think about it, it's like holy shit we've only like hung out I didn't like, realize that <laughs> in person like I'm sitting across yeah, like, all the time talking to her exactly and so it's just interesting how like you know like not only did I get you know a great opportunity with like this business and stuff but like I, I feel like I got a really good person in my corner and like a really good support system and you know really good friend out of this process mm-hmm. too and it's just interesting you know how like like I said, like, when you know, you know. Like, even before the podcast, like, Gabby and I would maybe see ourselves, like, ourselves, each other. Um, <laughs> we would maybe see each other, like, once a month. If not that. If that. If that. Because we were just, like, so busy. And not that we didn't, like, make time for each other, but, like, we didn't really need to. We were like, oh, we're good. Well, like, maintenance, best friends. Yeah, like, we'll like, just hey, check in. Like, yeah. And it's interesting now, like, seeing each other multiple times a week. Like, when I was in Florida two weeks ago or when, whenever it was and I saw her for the first time after I was like oh my god I feel like I haven't seen you in like a year it's like yeah. I miss you and so it's just interesting like those types of like deep friendship and connections where like you don't need to be in the same space all the time or see each other all the time but it's just like your soul oh souls yes. connected yes. and those are the best types of friendships honestly mm-hmm. the ones that just work and the ones that yes. click and I it, love that and like you said, like a lot of times, and it goes for people too, whenever you feel that hard resistance and you're like, this person, like, I know they're not a bad person, but they're just not my type of person. And you feel that resistance, like that person's just maybe not meant to be in your life. But then there's, there's those people where it just flows so well and you meet them for the first time and you talk for hours and it's just so natural. And it's like, oh, I've known you for 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> No, and there's no... There's I like, no, we have? I was like, wait, that math doesn't add up. But never mind, I get it. You're making... <laughs> there's no other better way to explain it other than just a, two pieces of your soul just you guys are supposed to be together. You do you know? believe in soulmates? Yeah. I do. I believe in 
I believe in different types of soulmates, <laughs> right? So like <laughs> friend soulmates, um, dog soulmates, one hundred. <laughs> like I, when you said that about Harley, like Hank is my like I look into his eyes and I'm not kidding. Like he just gets me. Same. Like, he just. Harley will, like, push her head up against yes. my head and will, like, just make eye contact and we'll just sit there yes. for, like, minutes on end. And I feel like she's just, like, healing all of the chaos yes. inside of me. Yes. And it's so real, too, because you feel it. Whenever the, those feelings and that gut isn't, isn't wrong. It's never wrong. Mm-hmm. It's never wrong. Fuck. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. I'm like, I love you guys. <laughs> uh, well, kind of transitioning topics. Because um, this is something that, like, I've been seeing a lot of on, like, social media popping up, and I don't know if it's just because, like, my FBI agent, like, I made a comment about it, and so they're like, here, let's force it, but um, a few weeks ago, we were talking with um, someone about, like, hormones and how, like, women, when they're on birth control, how they're, like, attracted to different types of men versus when they're off birth control, Mm -hmm. and then ever since then, I've just been, like, like, I found it in my book that I'm reading, and then, like, I saw a video on it that, like, explained it's, like, the pheromones and stuff, and so I know you're really big into hormones and like hormonal health and so I kind of just want to give you the floor to like talk about your own hormonal journey and like Mm -hmm. how because I know you did like the like the seed diet I don't know like where you added a bunch of different like she didn't just eat seeds people but I'll let you explain but you know like I, I love how you once again I feel like you're a very driven woman who takes control of what she wants and how she wants to feel and so like similar to you know, the business and all the stuff that you've accomplished, I also feel like with your own health, like you identified some things that needed some, you know, controlling and figuring it out. And so you, you know, turned it internally and figured out what to do. And so I would love to kind of move into like hormonal based topic and just kind of hear your experience with like coming off birth control, the seed diet, the mm-hmm. <laughs> all the other things that you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So this is super special to me because you know, we go, all of us have been through the phase where we're just so focused on aesthetics, aesthetics, macros, calories. Let me get protein, carbs, and fats. When I was counting macros, sometimes I didn't even get like a vegetable Mm because I was just eating like Oreos and bread and um, pretzels. And I'm like, why am I just like not feeling the best? So in 2000 and let's see, I got married in 2021. So in 2020, the end of 2020, I decided, okay, I'm going to get off birth control. I had been on the pill since my sophomore year of high school. So this is what, what is that, like seven to ten years I was mm-hmm. on birth control. Did something happen, like internally or externally, that just made you decide to come off of it? Because I feel like I'm hearing that a lot more, and that's similar to me too. Like, me I was too. on birth control, I think, for like 12 or 13 years. I got on it in middle school for migraines which makes Mm. no fucking sense um but and I stayed on it until 2018 um and kind of same thing like there's just something like one day I just woke up and I was like screw this I don't want to be on birth control so like did something happen or was that kind of same thing for you where you just decided one day enough is enough and you want to see what it's like to have normal hormones yeah well so two things um I think obviously reason why I was on birth control is I didn't want to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and so being that I was I was engaged and getting married a year later. I felt like, okay, this is, this is probably a good time to get off of birth control. Almost like a little bit of like pressure from the timeline of like, I need to prep my body in case I want to have kids. 
So that was the first reason. The second reason was actually Danielle's daughter got off birth control and she was talking to me about her experience, about how much better she was feeling and just, she felt the way she explained it that I'll never forget. She felt like this veil had just lifted Hmm. and I was like, okay, like you convinced me. She was the one who actually convinced me and I did a lot of research into something called natural cycles, which is basically a um, non-hormonal birth control that, um, it gives you like your fertility when you're fertile, when you're not based on temperatures that are, um, rising or falling based on progesterone, estrogen, all the things. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing research into that. And I was also reading a book called beyond the pill, which is all about getting off of birth control. So what's really interesting too, to your point, I met my ex when I was on birth control. (laughs) (laughs) I got off birth control a year before Interesting. I got a birth control a year <laughs> I know shoot a year before we got married um and then your body goes through a big adjustment period yeah. I was breaking out really bad six months after I got off of birth control I was losing hair I was really moody my periods were starting to be like painful like just just painful um and so the book beyond the pill really really helped me because I always say like I'm kind of a self-taught person when it comes Mm -hmm. to like nutrition and hormone health I do a lot of my own research it's not like I went to a specific like I didn't get like a certification for Mm -hmm. hormones or anything like that but I followed the program in that book it's called the 30 day brighten program and guys it's every advice that any nutritionist is going to give you eat whole foods you can seed cycle Um, to increase progesterone at certain areas of your cycle or estrogen at certain areas of your cycle with sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. So I would seed cycle based on like if I was in my luteal phase or my follicular phase. And I am not kidding, within 30 days of starting the journey, cutting out alcohol, really just focusing all of my attention on the hormones, things started changing. My skin started clearing up. My, I even looked like younger, (laughs) I looked younger, I looked more, I looked more bright, alive, um, alive, (laughs) yes, and I felt so much better, my periods weren't super heavy or painful, I wasn't really moody leading up to periods, um, my body just, I'll look at pictures where I'm like, I'm weighing the exact same now and back then, but I was inflamed Mm -hmm. from all of the food that I wasn't consuming, because at some point in a diet, it's not about what you're not, it's not about what you are consuming, it's about what you're not consuming. You're not consuming the right fats for your body, you're not consuming the right vegetables. And so it was a game changer for me and I'm able to kind of balance things out a little bit now to where I'll incorporate alcohol, incorporate sweets, but my main focus is like really healthful whole foods and it's mm-hmm. been an amazing journey. During that time, did you have no sweets at all and like no alcohol and then also, another question, what's the actual science behind, I don't know if you know, but like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds, like why was it those specific seeds that help with the hormones? Yeah, hormones. Um, so to answer your first question, in the initial 30 days, I did cut out alcohol and um, sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol, reason being is because one alcoholic drink can actually increase your estrogen by, it's like this crazy amount. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even tell you the exact stat, but 
Um, I just wanted to make sure everything was kind of at baseline. And to answer your second question, I'm not totally sure this, the science behind it. I know that I'll eat the pumpkin seeds. I want to say I eat the pumpkin seeds during my luteal phase to boost, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm going to say it wrong yeah, if I say okay. it, but I know it's, it's for sure those two seeds mm-hmm. and yeah. I have it in the little notes of my phone. So I just follow it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what, cause I've heard it before and I bought sunflower seeds for that like specific reason, but I don't, I don't know the science behind it. So, okay. so for pumpkin yeah, seeds, know. it's cause they're rich, they're rich, can't speak. Pumpkin seeds are rich in zinc okay. and zinc is one of the main nutrients that support progesterone production. So it's, Omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6 fatty acids, of course, in a ratio that's healthy of like a one-to-one or possibly a two-to-one. Um, a vitamin B, vitamin C, um, vitamin E, which is the sunflower seeds, and zinc are the main nutrients for supporting progesterone production. Okay. So that would make sense, mm-hmm. um, especially towards the end. I want to say that days... It could probably, it will probably play the, the specific days to seed cycle, but that's what it's for is that way things kind of stay balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, what's so frustrating about birth control is the lack of education of what it's actually doing to your body and what it's preventing. And so for women out there who don't know or men who just want to support their lady friends better, like, when you get on birth control, so I've heard it so many times, that you get put on birth control to regulate your hormones. And that's such fucking bullshit because it doesn't regulate your hormones. It literally hijacks your like endocrine system, your hormonal system, and it stops your body's production of its natural hormones Mm -hmm. of that estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, you know, all the sex hormones and um, steroid-based hormones that go into our period. And instead, now you've got the synthetic burst of hormones that are released depending on, you know, what type of birth control you have. Because I did pill, you did pill. I did pill You did well. pill. We'll, we'll stick to pill for the topic of this. Mm-hmm. So, like, most pills are estrogen-based or they do, like, this combination called progestin, which is, like, a progesterone and estrogen combination to prevent pregnancy. And a lot of time, and we kind of talked about this on one of our episodes a while ago. I, I want to say one. it was one of the, the beginning, beginning ones. But you – so with estrogen – or with birth control, the whole purpose of it is to prevent pregnancy. That is its main purpose. If a doctor gives it to you to cure other things, run. <laughs> maybe go get a second opinion. Run, look into something else, you know, whatever. But the main thing of birth control is prevent pregnancy. And some of the ways that it does that is, like, with the pill, with the combination of, like, the estrogen and progesterone, or the progesterone, what it's called, you know, a lot of that is to create so much cervical mucus that sperm can't enter the uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is to like, in, um, you know, if you have like that, the copper IUD, like IUD kind of kills sperm on contact, stuff like that. So one, I feel like not enough doctors talk about what, how it actually prevents pregnancy. Cause like, I didn't know that the, like the pill that I was on stopped pregnancy by like increasing cervical mucus. I just thought like it zapped babies. Like I had no idea. No, I mean, I was like freaking 11 years old when I was put on birth control. So I had no understanding of it. That is insane. And I was put on it for migraines, not even (laughs) to prevent pregnancy. But like what's so frustrating is doctors, or at least the doctors I've worked with and what I've heard with from the women that I work with is they don't tell you like, Hey, 
because this is taking over your hormone production, when you get off birth control, the same problems that were there before are still going to be there, if not worsened. And now we've got lack of progesterone production, which is so, because like, so progesterone is a sex hormone that's released kind of at the end of the follicular phase, like your bleeding phase, um, into the luteal phase. And progesterone is a hormone that's responsible for letting you be calm, feel safe, secure. Um, and so a lot of women who are on birth control have a lot of anxiety and depression because of the lack, well, I shouldn't say because, but most likely because of the lack of progesterone. And so progesterone is only made when you ovulate. That's the only time that our body makes it. And so birth control pills prevent ovulation too. Most of them do and other forms of birth control as well. Um, And so when you're not ovulating, you're not making progesterone. And so like for me, you know, I'm not good at quick math. Let's just say I was on birth control for 12, 13 years. That was 13 years that my body didn't have to make progesterone from ovulation. That was 13 years that my body didn't realize that was a thing that it was expected to do. And then coming off of birth control and not being informed that like, hey, I should really look at balancing my progesterone levels or having those nutrients that we talked about, like Mm -hmm. the zinc and the vitamin D and B and stuff that help your body produce progesterone because now I may be having periods, but I'm having what's called an, an inovulatory period where I don't ovulate. Mm-hmm. A true period is when you ovulate because that's what our period is based around is ovulation and whether the egg gets fertilized or not because if it doesn't get fertilized, that's when we stop bleeding. It sheds all its lining. But so no one told me that and I didn't learn that until literally like maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so like from uh, like... However old I was in 2018 to, like, 24 years old, I had no idea that, like, progesterone only came from ovulation, you know? And, like, I had been, I had seen a doctor recently after I got off, well, I shouldn't even say recently. It was it was probably about a year after I'd gotten out of birth control. And um, it was a holistic doctor that I was seeing, and, you know, we were, like, checking hormones and stuff. And he was like, well, there's a very likely chance you're going to be infertile or have fertility problems because your body isn't making any progesterone. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but like me being young at that time, I was like, oh, who cares, whatever, yeah. like, no babies. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's so frustrating that like there isn't enough education provided around like what this pill is actually doing to your body, what it's taking away, what it's covering, what it's band-aiding, and then what to expect when you get off of it. Yes. You know, the fact that, you know, those symptoms, because, you know, a lot of people do get on birth control to regulate their hormones or regulate their period, but those symptoms are just being masked. They're not being regulated. And so people, so it's such a vicious cycle. You see people get off birth control because they're, you know, tired of it, whatever it may be. And so they get off birth control and then like a month later, they have all these symptoms that are similar to why they got on birth control. And they're like, oh, well my hormones weren't regulated, I need to get back on birth control. And it just creates this cycle. And it's so frustrating that doctors aren't educating more these women on like, hey, when you get off birth control, like here, do this 30-day protocol, you know, cycle seeds, whatever it may be, you know, so that your body can realize like, hey, we stopped getting the synthetic form of hormones, we can't rely on it anymore. Now we have to make our own hormones. But once again, those vitamins and nutrients that are required to support progesterone a lot of that's not being consumed in the regular American diet. So people are going to continue with their eating habits, their diet habits, their lifestyle habits. And now they've got all this crap going on internally with their hormones being, you know, not regulated well. 
and they're stuck and they're like, I don't know what to do. So let's get back on birth control because yeah. I felt better when I was on birth control because I feel like crap now. Like, what's all the hype of being off the pill? And it's just lack of education of like, hey, this is what our body's meant to feel. This is what happens. This is how we can fix it. This is how we can improve it with food. Yeah, you know, food is so powerful. That's the missing key too, because what's interesting is progesterone is the hormone that allows women to maintain and take a pregnancy to term. Mm-hmm. And there's so many women who are dealing with infertility. I can't even count on my fingers the amount of women who came to a line and said, I can't get pregnant. I need help. I need to take care of myself. And I would always tell them, I can't promise that this is going to help you get pregnant. But what I can tell you is you need to focus on your nutrition and you need to get the right nutrients to support those hormones. Because if we can boost your progesterone and have a better chance of the egg being fertilized and then progesterone coming in and supporting and maintaining that, that specific function. Yeah. Then you're going to have more of a, a healthier and better chance to get pregnant. And so you're right. And guys, it's just all the way full circle goes back to people want a quick fix. <laughs> they want to get back on birth control because it clears their skin and makes them feel better. They don't like being uncomfortable. And the reality is, is that sometimes we have to be uncomfortable to get to where we, where we want to be. And that's mm-hmm. a perfect yeah. example of you're on birth control for 13 years <laughs> Your food and your nutrition habits and your way of doing things have to be changed for more than three months for you to see progress and for you to move in the right direction. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect example of like not informed consent because beautiful. Yeah. Cause we, like you said, you were on it when you were 11 years old. Like how do you even inform an 11 year old of like the repercussions of being on this for X amount of years? And I was on birth control, the same thing. I think I was maybe like 12 until I was about 21-ish, 21. And I had gotten off of it because I was feeling things like depression. And I just was feeling like super like brain fog. I lost my period completely. And I don't know if it was particularly because birth control or a combination of birth control and the um, competing. Mm -hmm. So like the vigorous exercise. The hypothalamic amnuria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. medical terms mm-hmm. amenorrhea <laughs> amenorrhea <laughs> and I'm <Yeah>. on a PF. <laughs> no but it's and then I went to a gynecologist and I was explaining all my symptoms and I had gotten off of birth control because I was like I'm just going to stop this like I want to see if my hormones can regulate and I didn't get my period for maybe like three years and I went back to a gynecologist and like I don't know like how to regulate my hormones and they're like, oh, just get back on birth control. Or in the whole building. And literally, I told her, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. The reason I got off birth control because of X, Y, and Z. And she looks at me in the face, and then she's like, well, why? Why not birth control? Because oh, I want to punch her in the face. <laughs> I was like, where does she look? Just kidding. What hospital? Yeah, it was, it's just so frustrating. And I feel like there may, I mean... I'm not the greatest person to know when there's a time and place for birth control, maybe when people are really trying to prevent pregnancy and that's a valid case to take it. But if people in the medicine world like that work with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What type of medicine? Um, it's not traditional medicine. It's, um, Western, Western medicine. So like Western medicine worked with people with functional medicine, things like that. And they can work together to maybe be like, okay, this person is getting off 
a birth control, what can you do for them to help regulate their hormones mm-hmm. through a more holistic way? If we did that, then like we'd have such a better medical system and people would be just more educated around their bodies. You know, yes. now it's just, oh, I learned this in school, so go ahead and take a pill and I don't really know what it is, but I'm just going to tell you what that is, you know? Or like, you know, I also believe that there's a strong connection between your ability to lose weight and keep it off and birth control or that as well. Because when we think about the body as a whole, like we've got our thyroid gland, which is just a little butterfly gland in the front of our neck. And that's responsible for regulating our energy use, our metabolism, our hormones, all that stuff. And a lot of times our hormone levels and nutrient deficiencies can cause our thyroid to produce hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism or, you know, all these issues with the thyroid. And, you know, kind of the same thing with like, we have so many chemicals in our food and our products that disturb our endocrine cycle, which once again is hormone based and stuff. And so like, I'm a really big advocate for, you know, if you get off birth control, like I'll never push anyone to get off birth control but if they get off birth control I strongly believe that it makes intuitively eating or listening to your body and your hunger cues so much easier I'm a big believer that like we shouldn't need to track our food to be able to regulate how much food we need like our body is literally designed to tell us hey we're satiated we're going to stop producing ghrelin which is a hunger hormone or like hey we're hungry or whatever it may be like we've got this beautifully complex but simple system at the same time that has, you know, that tells us like, hey, we're hungry. Let's eat some food. Hey, we're satisfied. Hey, we need, like, we're lacking protein. Mm -hmm. We need more protein. Like, if you learn to listen inwards, you can hear those things. And it's different for everybody. But, like, we live in a time where, once again, instant gratification, hormones, you know, all those things. Like, we live in a time where food is so accessible. So people, and food is so chemically (laughs) designed to make us overeat that we lose the ability to hear those cues. And then we, you pair that with, you know, synthetic hormones being flushed into our body consistently. And yeah, it makes sense why you can't tell when you're satisfied. Yes. Makes sense why you overeat every meal. You know, it's, it's so, it's just so frustrating, you know, and there's so many ways to fix this, but you don't see any of those big pushes happening to like, Hey, you know, if a person does get off birth control, let's, pair it with you know functional medicine or holistic medicine or like a you know registered dietitian or nutritionist who can do like seed cycling or like you know with with every visit or like when you visit to go get off birth control like you know you get a copy of the (laughs) beyond the pill or whatever it may be you know something like that or you like and maybe in order to get off of the pill like you have to go to like a 30 minute seminar of like hey this is what to expect this is how you can like mitigate these symptoms this is how you can like we need a better system in place for it so that people can be more empowered with their body and understand like hey this is normal there's a time period you know i mean unfortunately your time period was three years you know but it's just and another thing is like not a lot of people or doctors talk about like the family planning method which is essentially like what kelsey does what i do which I'm assuming you maybe do, but like where you track, it's where you track your cycle and you just abstain or do safer sex when your ovulation window is, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, that's a very, I feel like, I feel like it's difficult when you get off of birth control to do into that because like you can be bleeding and like, you know, you could potentially still have the temperature rise, which is what natural cycle does is you, you have to take your temperature daily because when 
you are ovulating, your body temperature increases by like one to two degrees, and that's kind of how the app tells you like, hey, you're ovulating, like, you know, if you want to have a baby, like now's the time, or hey, you're ovulating if you don't want to have a baby, like, yeah. you know, have some other form of birth control in place, or just abstain from sex during those like few days. And so like, you know, that's not talked enough about like, hey, you know, you can be sexually active and be off of any form of birth control and still not get pregnant. But the problem is, is, you know, because of the birth control and stuff, people have an ovulatory periods where, you know, the body temperature still could rise because, like, there could still be some hormone release, but mm-hmm. not enough, you know? And so it's just, like, there are so many other ways of preventing pregnancy besides doing the pill or an IUD. or And it's, like, we don't necessarily, like, have time to start this rant, yeah. but, like, I can't even tell you. I mean, I've personally never had an IUD. But I, it's I, awful. I'm, it makes me so angry that women don't get, like, any type of pain control for IUDs. It hurts so bad. And then she put it in wrong, so I had to get it out. I had to get it no. out after. Yeah. Oh. It was awful. And it's like, ugh. I literally felt like it was cutting my insides. Ugh. You know what's sad is, like, when you go to the gynecologist and you get happy that they warm up the speculum for you, it's like, why don't we just have a better fucking system in place Seriously. so that this fucking, like, duck bill of an old-timey machine is going up my hoo-ha nice and cold, and, like, why don't we have, why don't we treat women better? Seriously. Oh, my oh, God. Really? Yeah, I could literally rant about this for probably, like, five more hours. I feel so the same way, so I'm like, I shouldn't even begin. So we can change topics. Yeah. Is there any other questions you want to hit, or shall we wrap up? I think we can we can wrap this up. You know, yeah. I feel like we covered a lot of really good things. We got a really good, you know, snapshot of who Kelsey is, and well, we definitely want to have you back on because oh, yeah. we can talk about this topic probably for another couple hours. Yeah, I know. I would love to do a hormone to do yeah. birth control. Mm-hmm. God. Well, no, we'll do, do it. it. We'll do a part two where it's all just hormones, and maybe ooh, maybe we can do like a question and answer with her where we have people. Like, send in their questions about their birth control or Mm -hmm. anything like that, too, because, yeah, I love when, like, I recently started incorporating a lot of hormone-based stuff with, like, my clients and stuff, like, having them do a questionnaire of, like, you know, this, for category A, this is too much estrogen, what symptoms do you experience? Yeah. And it's because I'm so tired of women not understanding what's going on in their bodies and not having a solution to it. And yeah, yes. So. yes, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I've so been on my own journey. So yeah, I feel like I feel like we time. all just like um, self educate and research and stuff because for sure. You know, I feel like that's, that's all you can do. That's you probably all to. you can do nowadays. Because same thing, like when I was having like some like pelvic pain problems after getting off of birth control. Same thing. I went to like so many fucking different gynecologists. And they were like, well, why don't you try birth control? Or you know what one gynecologist did? Yeah. Is they like, they did all sorts of like labs. They did like scraping. Of the, like they oh. did all everything. And one of them, to this day, I probably, I don't know if this is like Sue worthy, but to this day, one of them was like, oh, well, you just have a yeast infection. Just take whatever. So I took whatever, still having the issues. So I went to a different gynecologist and they're like, why did you take this medicine? I was like, because the previous gynecologist told me I had a yeast infection. And they're like, oh, if you look at your lab values, you don't have a yeast infection. And I was like, so why did they give me that? She's like, because they probably couldn't figure out what was wrong with you, so they just wanted to give you something so that you felt like you were being hurt. And I was like, at least she was honest. <laughs> yeah, at least that one was honest. I'd rather someone be honest with me and be like, you know what, honestly, I don't know everything, and I'm going to tell you that I really don't know what's going on, but 
let me give you some type of referral yes. to whatever yeah. it is. That way they, they may know what's going on. I think I got like seven different diagnoses. Diagnoses? No, diagnoses. So to this day, I still don't like really know what caused all my pelvic pain problems. Yeah. Um, Same thing with like my autoimmune journey right now. It's like, it's just frustrating. Yes. The world is frustrating place. But um, yeah. on a happier note, Kelsey, <laughs> how do you embody your health? I embody my health by being really in tune with what my mind, body, and soul need at a given time and honoring that and doing that without guilt. And I've done that through nutrition, fitness, and like the right mindset to have me be able to be in tune with my body. And that's how I embody my health by making sure I'm honoring that. I love that. I love, beautiful. I love a comment about the guilt, too, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, you know, women especially, you know, just speaking as a woman, I feel like a lot of times we feel guilty for putting ourselves first or our needs first or being quote-unquote selfish or prioritizing ourselves and stuff, and so I love that you've gotten to this point in your life where you can prioritize yourself mm-hmm. 24-7 without any guilt or, you know, any concern of, you know, and this is hurting anybody or whatever. It's like, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I am my main priority. And I love that. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like it could be applied to any, not even just nutrition, but like for me example, I get really down on myself if I'm not like studying or I'm not doing something productive, Same. you know? Yep. So I'm like, Oh, I, I can't be resting right now. There's something that I can be doing that's making me grow. But mm-hmm. in reality, like, I'm going to be much more productive in the times that I'm working if I allow myself to have just self-care time or time where I'm doing nothing and I'm thinking about nothing and I'm allowing my brain to just chill. Yes. Easier said than done. But oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Kelsey and I have definitely had those <laughs> weekly conversations yes. where it's like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> Yep. You just need to be grounded back yes. then, you know. Yes. Sometimes namaste. Yeah, namaste. <laughs> and you know, like sometimes doing nothing is the best thing to do. It's sometimes know? just as productive as being productive. Yes. Because it brings your creative juices back and allows you to just take a second. And yes. breathe. Yeah. And think mm-hmm. on it and give that space that it may need to determine like what am I gonna do next with this or how can I improve this or how can I be more productive or Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is like one of the, my like favorite conversations, you know, like really talking about things that are in our, our wheelhouse. Our passions. Yeah, our passions. And thank you so much. But we're definitely going to have a part two. So if you're wanting to come on again, you're welcome to. Yes, I would love to. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you.